This is Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn practical strategies to drive consistent and predictable growth. In this episode, Kevin Lord Barry shares how to use leading indicators to gauge the future ROI of your ads program. He shares what leading indicators you should be tracking and how to do it, how to pass campaign info down the funnel as the lead or deal progresses, things that impact the effectiveness of your ad program, and a ton more. I really hope you enjoy it. Kevin, thank you so much for uh, coming on Metrics and Chill. For listeners who are not aware of the context, Kevin graciously agreed to come on the show after, I think you you replied to like something, you said something really smart and thoughtful, uh, teasing this framework uh, in reply to like a LinkedIn post. And I just replied to your comment. I was like, will you come on the podcast and talk about this? And you're like, sure. So thank you without knowing me uh, to come on like this weird podcast and unpack this framework for us. Well, I'm very happy to be here. And uh, happy to talk about the uh, the Get a Life framework. <laughs> so for listeners, we are going to be covering today um, what Kevin just teased, which was uh, life, the life framework, leading indicators of future earnings. Um, so I guess give me like the summary version of this for listeners. What's in a, in a couple sentence? What is this life framework, and why is it important? Sure. So um, you guys uh, may know I've worked in in B two B marketing and B two B advertising for for over thirteen years. Um, it, it's all I've done. And those of you who have worked in B two B, you know one of the biggest confounders to the work you do is the long sales cycle. Um, so even in like B to SMB, which is the fastest, you know, B to small business, um, it can take a month to close uh, a deal after a lead comes in and B to enterprise. It's not uncommon at all for it to take years um, or, and the average is probably six months. Uh, so unlike in, you know, B to consumer or e-commerce where you can kind of get those results very quickly. Um, and, and, you know, uh, th- this, this framework kind of applies to all B2B marketing, but especially in advertising, because uh, mm-hmm. a couple things make advertising special. Um, but, uh, g- getting back to the, the point, um, it takes a long time to get data in B2B to get that closed one data. It can take six months to find out which of your leads actually is going to close. So what you need, um, for every B2B company is leading indicators telling you what, uh, what correlates to revenue down the line. Um, so w- what do I mean by leading indicator? So a leading indicator is something that you see early that tells you that something bigger is going to happen down the line. Um, in B2B, this could be on the lead. So it could be something like, all right, of all the leads that come in, you ask certain questions, you ask their revenue, you ask their industry, you ask like their title when they're ready to move forward. What you'll find is that some of those elements correlate much more strongly to becoming a customer later. So people who have between mm-hmm. 50 and 100 employees, um, I'm making this up, it depends for every different company, uh, or people who have, you know, title with, uh, you know, manager of a certain department in that, or people who say they want to make a decision in the next 60 days. Um, there's all sorts of variables you could have, but all of these, like you can find in your data, which ones are leading indicators um, in product led companies. Um, so companies without like that traditional sales funnel, you can do yeah. the same thing um, where instead of looking on the lead form for information, you're looking at actions they've taken on your site. So for instance, most PLG or product led growth companies that I've worked with um, there's some event that happens within the first 24 hours of someone signing up for your site, where if they don't do that, uh, that particular action, they'll never sign up. Like they'll never actually convert, like making your first Trello board or something like that, like just choosing okay. Trello randomly. Um, so these are all leading indicators. And, uh, you know, it's funny talking about acronyms because my, my original acronym, so this acronym is market should get a life, right? Uh, life meaning leading indicators of future earnings. 
my original one was a little grosser sounding. It was uh, marketers should get lice, leading indicator conversion events. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but it, it's basically the um, the same principle. Like you're looking for little things that happen early that let you predict big things. And I feel like I've talked forever, but that prediction is so important, like both to your internal teams working and also the ad algorithms. Um, but I'll stop there for now. I love this. Uh, we we are big advocates of matching leading indicators to lagging outcomes. Yes. Um, same thing with like output, like tracking the actual work that you ship and tra- you know uh, correlating that to outcome metrics. So we are fully bought into this. Uh, you know th- this idea of leading indicators to lagging outcomes. Um, all right. I yeah. I would love. Th- there's so much to unpack here. Um, the first thing is, I guess I'm thinking for listeners when whether they're product led or whether they're sales led assuming that they're listening and they're in b2b can you walk me through like what are where are they going to start to find some of the behaviors like i guess you the first place you would start it seems like is when conversions start to happen yep is this assuming that they've set up tracking right and so they know at least that conversions have happened and that the conversions are from the paid ads yeah and then at that point, what kind of is this, uh, yeah, what kind of firmographic or quantitative data are they, what what fields or variables are they looking at to know yep. that this is, like, how does an individual business pull this out for themselves? Yeah. So in the end, this is a decision-making structure, right? You're trying to take information to make better decisions for your business to, you know, make your business run better, make more revenue or, or whatever. So how do you get the information you need to make decisions? Um, so to take B2B advertising, which is my specialty, um, it's all about just making sure data persists throughout your funnel. So um, say you have campaigns, you have them in Google, you have them in Facebook, you have them in LinkedIn, um, and each of them is generating leads uh, through you know different forms. Um, so search is coming in through one place, Facebook through one place, LinkedIn, maybe it's, it's native. Um, what you just want to make sure is that all the information you need from those clicks, from those form submissions, so that would be you know the campaign that it ran in in the platform, uh, maybe the creative that ran that specifically got that you know that sale. Like uh, people usually call this like UTM information because it's brought across like through the 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 URL information, which due to you know various uh, old fashioned technical reasons is called UTM. Uh, but basically, you pull in that campaign ad set and ad data. Make sure it's on your lead record when it comes into your your database. So a lot of people use HubSpot for that. More complicated or more mature companies, you will use a custom database like Snowflake or something. Uh, But the important thing is somehow you pull in that information that was on the lead and make sure it gets into your system. Then the next part of tracking is making sure that that information persists all the way down to the closed deal. So you have it on your lead record now, right? Um, you have, okay, this lead had campaign X, ad said Y, ad Z. Um, you want to make sure when that gets converted to opportunity. Um, so when that, or if it's a PLG flow, like when they get to a certain stage, that it doesn't lose that information um, so that you retain that, okay, this opportunity also came from this campaign. And then because you're retaining that information, when you look at a list of all of your closed ones, so you have 200 closed ones, closed uh, deals, closed new customers this year. Um, you're looking at that list. You can even do a simple Excel spreadsheet. Okay, which of our closed ones came from which campaigns and which campaigns were overrepresented? 
So that's where like, you know, you could do this really fancily with HubSpot tools or with a data scientist, or you can do it dumb, simple with a VLOOKUP in Excel, where you yeah. take all of your leads and all of your closed ones and you see, okay, like what's the ratio of like, what are the patterns here of what is more likely to close? And that's where you go in. You know, you also have to make sure that if you're asking form questions, you can pull them in your, in your, your data, like in your spreadsheet. So then you can actually check, okay, uh, like I mentioned earlier, oh, wow, if we make a graph of conversion rate of all leads from paid social and we do it by number of employees, there's not even a point in reaching out to the leads with under 20 employees. That's actually mm. something we see very, very common in B2B. And then the change you can make after that is you can go in to your Google Tag Manager or Google AdWords or whatever pixel manager you're using, and you can make a new event that excludes people under 20 employees. So all of a sudden, Google can only optimize. It can only see, and this is something you can set up, it can only see people who have the appropriate leading indicators. It will no longer see conversions with under 20 employees if you set it up that way. Okay. Um, and that's sort of how you can marry that, getting that information in the back end and actually making it affect your decisions, um, both your own teams as well as training the ad algorithms. Hey, just a quick interruption. In past episodes, you've heard guests give advice like, the first step is just like actually measuring and monitoring, right? Which sounds very fundamental, but a lot of companies don't even do that, right? If you ask for like, hey, do you have a monthly kind of report of like what's happening in the funnel? It's like, oh, well, we have this over here and we have this over here and we have the traffic data and GA. So the first thing I think is like build out, you know, a presentation uh, that you're updating every single month. Or it's way easier if you have all this stuff being centralized somewhere and can look at it. And I promise that's completely unprompted. We try to book smart B2B leaders and learn how they're driving more predictable growth, and they end up sharing advice like that. And Databox makes it easy to do all of that and more. You can track your marketing, sales, revenue, and CS performance all in one place. It lets you build custom dashboards and view metrics from over 80 tools side by side. You can schedule PDF reports that automatically update your data in real time and send to your team or your clients. You can even set up custom Slack alerts that alert you when you hit your goals or when numbers spike or dip. If you want to try it totally free, just go to databox.com or click the link in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, so... Uh, in my crude way on the fly, I'm going to try and walk through an example of this. And and then uh, I want you to, if you're willing to correct me where I'm wrong and help me flesh this out. So, all right, so let, let's do it with, um, let's do an example of each to give people an idea. So uh, if you're a product-led growth SaaS company yeah, and you're running Google ads or LinkedIn ads, you're driving them to, let's say, you know, the homepage and hoping that they convert. The idea is that, on the product-led side, there are parameters uh, that you are passing through from the ad yep. over that that carry through when they hit your landing page. This is this would be for like direct conversions. I'm guessing it's not necessarily for like the ones that see it and then later decide to Google you because they remember the ad. Um, it, it, it depends on your tracking, but but yeah, we can okay. that assumption. So then they'll come over to the website, they'll convert, and then in our database, you know, as Databox for a product-led SaaS company, um, we're collecting a number of unique parameters. So we primarily, it sounds like the campaign that they came from, which then tells me I can go look at that campaign and know what messaging, what creative we were using, and things like that. And then it's going to take time to see whether they they retain and they upgrade or whether they churn. But after a number, you know, maybe a month, maybe two months or whatever, 
um, depending on what the cycle is, I'm going to, I'm going to look and, and pull a report and say, okay, show me all the upgrades that we had from the cohort over the last two months. Now filter down to the ones that came from LinkedIn ads. And then, uh, and then I'm going to say, okay, interesting. You know, uh, almost none converted from this campaign, but many converted and retained and upgraded from this campaign. What was the messaging that we used over here? What was our targeting? What was the creative that we used? Oh, they, they must've really resonated with, you know, with this tagline or with this value prop that we led with, or the case study or testimonial ads, um, ran way better. And then that is going to be what that tells me then is that that unique value prop or that hook in the messaging or whatever, people that respond to those ads, that's a higher leading indicator of more deals closed. And I'm going to maybe duplicate more ads like that going down the road. Is that like roughly accurate or correct me where I'm wrong? Yeah, that, that that's accurate. And you can go even a step further than that. And, and that's why it's so useful to have leading indicators. Because, you know, uh, if you were in B2C, like direct to consumer stuff, uh, just looking at the ad platform itself will be the end of the story, right? Because your purchases are all there. Like you don't have to, to match things up after. Um, but on the B2B side, so say you now, you have this campaign that you discovered, which is generating tons of customers that like correlate to revenue the most, whatever that is for you, that's number of employees, number of whatever. And you have clear data in the back end. You can see, oh, this campaign is generating close ones. Now you created a new campaign. Doesn't have that much data yet. It's only got 10 leads. But if those leads look like the leads from the leading the, the better campaign. It has the same leading indicators. Oh, these leads have 50 to 100 employees. They have this, they have that. You can um, know, or at least have a good idea of quality without having to wait the six months for the close ones. That's why leading indicators are so powerful. Once you learn which ones actually indicate for your business, um, it, it's gonna be like the metric you use to make decisions on your campaigns. Amazing, okay. Um, can you, do you have a couple like, common examples that you see for mm -hmm. sales led and for product led when it comes to B2B yep. of some of these leading indicators? Like what would what would yep. not be surprising for listeners to find when they go in and try this? Yeah. I so some big ones, well, number of employees is a big one, like I mentioned, because most B2B companies don't really want to sell to like a business with like two employees. Like it's not profitable. They want like 20, 100, a thousand. Um so that's one of the bigger ones. Intent is pretty big. So uh a lot of smaller companies, especially, um, and some of this might seem like common sense, but it's nice when you get it in the data, is, uh, you know, you ask people, uh, there's two types of intent questions. One is, how soon do you want to move forward? It sounds dumb and not many people ask it, but it's actually really powerful. Like uh, your best leads will generally say ASAP. Like you can say ASAP, seven mm -hmm. days, 30 days, a year. Um, and it does help with, you know, how do you score these leads? Um, the other part of it would be uh, in content leads. So in B2B, uh, you, you know, Sales-led growth, content's a really important part of it. Someone downloads an ebook and then sales reaches out. Um, if you ask people uh, in your content, hey, do you want to also schedule a demo? Um, it's like a softer way of doing content, like, you know, permission-led. Um, you know, that'll also correlate generally to, to better results. Uh, but it really changes for each company. Uh, in PLG, uh, like I mentioned, it's almost always an event. It's some event that proves they care enough to actually use your product um, and uh, like to give them an, a taste of, of what it feels like. Uh, basically, if people can't find use in your PLG product like very quickly, they won't. So your job is to find like what action on the site is one that indicates they actually want to use the product. Um, I had a, a, a client uh, years ago and the big leading indicator was uh, adding a property to their like their property management software. Like 
you add, uh, if someone adds their first property to the system, they take time to enter in the address and everything, then they're going to be a customer like 80% of the time. But if they don't, okay. it's like 0% of the time. Um, so th those kind of, that's what you're looking for. And then, and then to reverse engineer it or to go back to what you said in the beginning, the power yeah. of that is in that example, the proper property managed, you know, software product, um, they know very early on then like, okay, we're beginning a new campaign and before they commit tens of thousands of dollars into it, they can see with maybe just a few hundred or a couple thousand dollars that like, hey, already this campaign is not leading people to take this first action. Let's cut it and try something new. Exactly. A hundred percent. Okay. That, that's okay. power. So you get to, it, like you mentioned, that's like the training your own team aspect of it. And then there's also the training the algorithm aspect of it. So that's your own team making decisions. So um uh, I don't know how much you know about modern ad platforms, but Facebook especially, very, very algorithmic driven. Um, meaning that, uh, so if I'm targeting, like say a group of, of small businesses, like say auto repair shops, right? You might think, or like a lay person might think, oh, the best way to do that on Facebook would be to find the interests, like, oh, auto repair interest and like small business interest and combine those and target. But that's not actually how it works these days. It's uh, broad targeting, targeting everyone on Facebook, all like 180 million people in, in, in the USA, if that's your target. And you make creative that says, hey, auto repair people, like, hey, buy this. Um, and you make a conversion event that only fires when a qualified auto repair person um, actually answers the ad. And it's that conversion event that trains Facebook to use that whole broad audience to get you the most scale. Um, so you can see why like, if you're training the algorithm, like the algorithm is very smart and very dumb. It's dumb in that it'll send you whatever you tell it to, whatever signal you give it. So if you're sending it lead signals, but those signals don't correlate to revenue, you're sort of wasting the platform. So like if we go back to the B2B example of the property manager, like if they're counting anything as a conversion, no matter uh... if they sign up for a property or not, no matter the size of them, then Facebook's going to give them a lot of noise. Like maybe it's going to give people who are like amateur brokers who just want to get into the game. And they're the ones filling this out. And Facebook happily sends you more. While if you cut off the low signal conversion events, the low signal leads, the people who don't actually fill in property or who aren't big enough, all of a sudden the algorithm gets trained to send you the better small businesses, the ones you really want. Um, so th that's like the the second um, angle of why leading indicators are so important, not just for your team's learnings, but to train the the robots at the ad platforms. Amazing. Yeah, no, such a helpful example. And then on the sales led side, that matches to what you were saying. Um, you know, it, it's on the product led side, it's choosing the event that fires that, that you, so you're, you're narrowing your definition of a conversion, yep. uh, for the algorithm on the product led side, but you're doing the same thing with sales led. You're saying if the four, if the, if the contact in the CRM doesn't have this field filled out or this, you know, yep. um, this box checked or whatever, then, it doesn't count as a conversion. So it can do the same thing. It would just tie to your CRM. Exactly right. Yep. Okay. Okay. This is me. I'm getting a crash course uh, in ad management now. <laughs> um, okay. Very cool. This is awesome. Can you, I think my last question, just to understand the other side of this is what, when listeners don't take this approach, when, 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 like, what do you see B2B companies get wrong? Where do they go wrong with this? And what does it look like when they're not using this? And how might they actually like, it sounds like they could walk away from ads as a channel thinking these don't work or are too expensive, but actually they're just running them wrong. Yeah. I mean, th that happens <laughs> all the time where people run wrong, but, but I will say, you know, um, ads is hard ads pre product market fit is a total crapshoot. Um, you, you know, for a lot of the, 
the seed and you know seed uh you know uh stage a and bootstrap companies out there like you know ads are expensive to test but like you know i, I think the minimum to test ads as like a channel for you is 10 to 20,000. There's no guarantee okay. to work. Um, you know, but my company, we tend to work with like series B and up startups where there's a bit more budget, a bit more way to make sense and a, uh, more appetite to scale. Uh, uh, that said, um, going back to your question about what do companies get wrong? Um, and the biggest complaint I hear is lead quality uh, for, from any kind of ads. And, you know, there's two, um, I guess, ways to approach that lead quality issue. Um, one is all the techniques that that we talked about. So, uh, you know, uh, there's basically four levers to lead quality in ads. I mean, I could talk for 10 hours on, on what they are, but, but in short, there is conversion event, which is what we just talked about on this call. There's creative. Are you attracting the right type of people and not the wrong type of people with your ad? Like um, the headline, what we call the visual headline on the ad is like 70% of B2B ad performance um, because B2B advertising is very abstract. You know, in B2C, you're selling a t-shirt or a toaster. It speaks for itself. Um, you right. don't need a lot of text there. The category and, is like kind of understood. Exactly. In B2B, almost never the case. It almost always needs like a giant fat line of text <laughs> telling them what to do uh, and uh -huh. what to think about it. Um, so, so, so that's number two. Like, how do you qualify people with text? Um, number three is targeting. Uh, very important on things like LinkedIn. Uh, again, on Facebook, it's more conversion-based. Um, and four is uh, offer, which is like, what are you actually offering people to click your ad? Like, is it an ebook? Is it this? Is it that? Is it incentive? Um, and, uh, you know, if someone has something wrong, it's one of those four things. Um, I would say most often it's like, you know, they're driving, like, you know, talking about lead quality. Um, people will drive leads to their website. Sales won't be able to sell them. And the biggest problem is they just have surprisingly little information. Like talking about those leading indicators, um, a lot of startups, uh, lean towards taking stuff out of their form to feel kind of slick and modern and technology, but it means they're not learning anything. They're not getting leading indicators. Um, so I would say that that's the biggest thing. Like B2B startups out there aren't doing enough to control for lead quality. Um, the second part is a lot of startups don't know how to close leads from ads when they're starting out, especially when it's their first channel. So even if you do everything perfectly, leads from all advertising, search, paid social are going to be lower quality than leads on your warm organic website. And the reason for that is leads that you're getting warm from your form on your website, it means they took the time to research you. They found you like they're making a commitment to go there. Leads from ads are like, huh, seems interesting. Click. You know what? I'll say yes. But that interest is fleeting. Um, so you really do have to design a nurture process that's different than your normal one to make ads work, like one that is more based around like meeting these customers where they are. Okay. This makes a ton of sense. Um I guess I guess my last I did think of one more question as you were what you were saying just there. Um this is broad and open ended. So any way that you want to tackle it is fine, but like what what's the correlation between it seems like the other component with ads that I think companies get wrong a lot is like what happens when it's time for the ads work to be over and it's time for your website or your product to like deliver the promise and like match up with that copy it feels like there's a huge opportunity for you to be you know um following the framework you're laying out here but then like your website just sucks and is unclear or hard to use or like maybe your onboarding flow is really clunky you know for for your software application what's the like relationship between is that you you said for example 
best to get you'll get the most value out of ads in a way when your series B and later you or post product market fit. Is there another side to that that's like, yeah, you also kind of have to make sure that your website is like performing to a certain level or that you like your onboarding is up to par on your software application? Or how do you think about the relationship if you're working with a client? When do you say, mm, we need to like do our framework and 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 improve the ad more and these and map these leading indicators to lagging outcomes better? And when do you say, I think we've like gotten this pretty tight. I think there's something wrong with your website or your software. That takes me uh, back to uh, the leverage we talked about earlier, like what makes ad performance? Lever number four was offer, which is what someone actually gets once they click the ad. Like to me, I, I use the word offer as a very broad category. Yeah. Um, and um, B2B companies mostly often think of offer as an afterthought. Um, so kind of like what you mentioned, like, great, we have these campaigns. What landing page do we use? Oh, we made one uh, like two years ago for a project. Let, let's use that one. Or, you know, we'll, we'll spin it up on... Uh, on uh, on Instapage and and like there's nothing wrong with fast approaches, but really like offer should be what you come up with first before you start the campaign. Okay, what do we want our landing page to say? Like, what are we offering? Is it just a demo? A demo is fine, but then we should like how do we make the demo more appealing? Do we want to do something better than a demo? If it's going to be content, how do we choose which content? Um, you know, for instance, content only works uh, for you know paid social if it meets two criteria. Very very related to the target customer that you're talking to. Um, and then very, very related to your unique selling proposition. So your sales team can upsell from it. Um, but th there's basically a lot of discussion to have at every company. Um, you know, I don't think I have like a rule or a framework that says your landing page is ready when like XYZ, um, but it should get more consideration than it currently does at most companies. I'd say. Okay. Awesome. All right. This has been super fun. Uh, I love this framework. I love the simplicity of it. And um, I think it's been super helpful. Let's wrap with a couple lightning round questions here. So short questions, short answers. There's no wrong answer, uh, you know, specifically open-ended. Um, if if uh, What are your three desert island metrics? You can only track three for health or performance for your clients. What are you tracking? For Okay. For my clients. So... Um... Their key leading indicator KPI. So we have one for each of our clients. So we just talked about, you know, what those are. Uh, spend, you need spend, and then and then total revenue generated. So just be spend, key KPI, and then the total revenue whenever that comes in. Love it. Finish the sentence. Data is. Data is truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you know, just to expand on that. Um, I've been a direct response marketer primarily for a long time. Like we do brand stuff too, but I like direct response. And I feel like it's special because you learn something about the world that people don't even know about themselves. Like why do people respond to things? Um, mm. you, you actually learn what makes people like, I'm not interested in what people say they want or say that they, they want to do. I'm interested in what they actually do. And marketing teaches you that. So, so it, to me, data is, is truth. If you can, is, is is it fair to say like data, get that kind of data gives you an insight into behavior, no matter what they're saying on the outside, like their behavior exactly. is telling you a different thing. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. All right. And your number one tip for B2B leaders who are trying to drive more predictable performance quarter over quarter, year over year. <laughs> get a life. Use leading indicators of future <laughs> earnings <laughs> in, in your work. It'll really, really help make things more predictable. I love it. Awesome. Kevin, this has been super fun. Um, and we, we stayed on time. I love it. Uh, where can people go to work with you? Uh, rightpercent.com. Uh, take a look. 
you know, the knowledge base I feel is really good for B2B ads um, because we're specialists. Like not many people just write about B2B ads, but we do. Uh, so I think that'd be useful for any of your your readers if they're in the space. Okay, awesome. And then follow along with you. You you're you're pretty active on LinkedIn, right? So people should go follow you on LinkedIn. We can link to it in the show notes. Yeah, join the party. Okay, Kevin Lord Barry on LinkedIn. All right, awesome. We'll link to those things. So if you want to work with Kevin, go read more thought leadership from him. Check out the show notes. Thanks so much, Kevin. All right, this is a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me on. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.